Good morning, everyone, and a very warm welcome to morning worship for the first Sunday in Advent. It's not just an Advent service today, of course. It's a very special service for us, and we are so pleased to have family and friends joining with us today. We hope that you really enjoy being part of this service with us. I can't mention you all, but you all know who you are. But I do want to mention particularly Lindsay and Francis Bloomfield because they're here not just as our friends, but as official representatives of the Baptist Union of Scotland. So thank you very much for being yourselves and also for being the Baptist Union today. Everything you need to follow the service is on the sheet of paper you were given as you came in or will appear on the screen behind me, so you don't need anything else. Perhaps you were also given a copy of our December church magazine as you came in. This is just to keep you up to date with what's going on, whether you're part of the current congregation or have been part in the past. We thought you might like to have a copy to take away with you today. So if you don't have one, just grab one from the steward's table as we're leaving. You are all invited to join us for lunch in the Hilton Grosvenor Hotel at the end of this service. It's something that we're going to um, walk to together, but Katrina will give you much more information about that as the service goes on. Then this evening at 7pm, Katrina will lead our joint evening service, and again, that will be the final evening service in this building. Now some family news. Um, It's great to have Edith looking forward to our participation at lunch. And again, that's something everyone's invited to. Next Sunday, Katrina will leave morning worship at 11am in the Grosvenor Hotel. And at 7pm, the Reverend Cedric Blakey and Helen Stimson will lead our evening worship in Wellington Church. These are all our many notices. Thank you. Thank you, Anne. I just want to start by giving some thanks to those who've worked with me to create the service this morning. It's not all my own work. The good bits are done by the others, the dodgy bits are done by me. Um, So a big thank you to Anita and to Anne and to Holly and to Paul for their inputs to creating what I hope you will find to be a meaningful, enjoyable service. Our call to worship this morning is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Our opening hymn of praise this morning is on the screen. The words are also on the sheet. Use whichever you can see and you find more helpful. And if you're able to stand and would like to, we invite you to do so as we sing together.
We join together in our prayers of approach. Following these prayers, we join together in the prayer that Jesus taught us, in whichever language and whichever version feels most comfortable to us. Let us pray. God, who is of all time, of all places, and of this place. This building has known the sound of singing, the joys of dedications, baptisms and weddings, the sadness of the funerals for those whom we held dear. You made human beings to be rooted in histories. We thank you for the people who founded Hillhead Baptist and for all those over the years who have worshipped in this building. People of faith and vision who kept the rumour of God alive in this place. God who is of all time, we give you thanks for where we have come from. God who is ever on the move, you call us to be fellow travellers, ready and willing to leave home for unfamiliar places. We give you thanks for the current community of faith that worships here in Hillhead and we trust in your presence with us as we prepare to set off on our next adventure. We thank you for our diversity of experience and culture, people of different ages, nationalities, races, sexualities and abilities who come together to form one messy community. Help us to continue to show your face to each other. And on our journey together as a congregation, keep blowing through us with the wind of your spirit. God, who is ever on the move, we give you thanks for where we are now. God of our hopes and dreams, we trust you with our shared future. Bring new life where we are worn and tired. New love where we have turned hard-hearted. As we as a church both continue and begin again, build us afresh into a church with large windows, always looking outward into your world. A church with doors open wide enough to welcome Jesus in all the ways he comes to us. A church ready to continue the work and build on the witness of those who have gone before us, showing us the way. God of our hopes and dreams, we trust you with our future. Fill us with a vision of what we could be. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in
Sunday, the 27th of November, 2016. Hillhead Baptist Church has met in this place since September 1884. During those years, the congregation has gone through many changes, some joyous, some painful, but always together. If these walls could talk, they would have many stories to tell. These are our stories, and though we'll be leaving, these stories are part of who we are as a church, and they will come with us. And our leaving will be temporary. We'll gather again in this place to worship. The congregation first met for worship in the hall where we are this morning. In September 1884. However, the story of the congregation began two years before that, on the 6th of December, 1882. Almost exactly 134 years ago today, nine people gathered in the home of Alan and Lizzie McDermott in Dundonald Road. They were all members of Adelaide Place Baptist Church in the city centre, and although they were happy in that fellowship, they had all for some time been concerned that while there were ten Baptist congregations in Glasgow as a whole, there was no Baptist witness in the West End of Glasgow. In 1870, the university had moved west from the High Street to Gilmer Hill, refocusing the city's academic and literary interests on the West End. Throughout the 1870s, Hillhead continued to expand and by seeking to plant a new church in this area, our church founders were doing no more than reflecting the commercial and social trends which were nudging the city westwards. On that evening in 1882, they expressed a unanimous wish that a new Baptist church should be established in the Hillhead area. And soon afterwards... On the 13th of January, 1883, a letter was sent to the Reverend Frederick Hall Robarts, at that time serving in Liverpool, inviting him to be the minister of this new venture. Reverend and dear sir, as you are aware, we have for a long time past very carefully considered the propriety of forming a new Baptist church in the district of Hillhead. And being now firmly convinced of the pressing need there is for such an undertaking, we, the undersigned, have resolved to proceed at once to carry out this very desirable object. The church we propose to form is a Baptist church, whose membership shall be open to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ, but of which the pastor shall be a Baptist in all time coming, and in which the baptism of believers by immersion on profession of faith in Christ shall be the only baptism practised and maintained. We intend to proceed at once, at our own risk, with the erection of a hall capable of seating 350 to 400 people in the neighbourhood of Hillhead. And we will now very cordially invite you to take oversight of this new cause by forming the church and becoming our pastor. We guarantee you a minimum salary of £400 per annum with eight weeks holiday during the year, the pulpit being supplied during that time at our expense. 
in asking you to throw your lot with us. We sincerely hope and believe that you will find that such a step will have the approval of God, and we unite in praying that his blessing may rest upon Mrs. Robarts and yourself in the work we hope you will undertake for him with us in this large and populous district. With kindest regards, we are, dear sir, yours very faithfully. Alan McDermott. Lizzie McDermott. Charles Rose. Maria Rose. Alex Rose. Since those nine people founded our church, many thousands of people have walked through these doors, and not just on a Sunday morning, but every day of the week. And not just into the sanctuary or into the Christ, but into the many different rooms of this building where they've been involved in many different activities. In the past 12 months alone, these have included Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Tai Chi, Pilates, a flute orchestra, a theological reflection group, shape note singers, the parent and toddler group, a Catalan playgroup, a Portuguese playgroup, a mums and babies yoga class, a baby massage class, Friday Friendship, Poetry Slams, Bible Studies, and even the Baptist History Project. There will now be an opportunity for you to have a tour to one of the other spaces in this building and hear some of the stories of what goes on in those rooms. Now, you should have a ticket get it out and have a look at the colour of it. If you don't have one, if you're missed out on the way in, don't worry. You can just listen and decide which one you want to go on. So has everyone got their tickets ready? And we'll tell you where these tours are going. Aidan. If you um, have a green ticket, you come with Mary Dark on you. Um, Lewis and I to the question. And Rory. So that's the. Just say that again because we didn't get the microphone to you in time. Sorry, Aidan. If you have a green ticket, you come with me, Rory, Bonnie, Lewis, and Merida to the question. Okay, we're going to run through them all and then we'll start moving. So, Carl. If you have a blue ticket, you will come with me. Uh, uh, Sam and Leo uh, to the memorial room. Um, that's a blue ticket to the memorial room with me, Sam and Leo. And Freya? If you have a purple ticket, you're coming with me, Emma and Max to the mezzanine. And Fergus? If you have a yellow ticket, then you're staying here in the trist with me and when Sarah and I. Okay. So, this is where Mayhem will bring out, I am sure, but we're going to give it a shot. So, all the people with a green ticket, on your feet. And Aidan, Bonnie, Merida and Rory and Elaine will lead you. 
So do you want to go to that door first? <laughs> and if all the people with green tickets would like to follow on. Now, we're going to do, we'll, we'll do the purple one next, I think. So the purple one. Purple tickets in the air, please. And purple tickets are going up to the mezzanine. So Freya and Emma and Max, you want to lead everybody up there. Now, the blue tickets. Blue tickets in the air. Okay, so the blue tickets follow Leo, Carl and Sam through to the memorial room. And the rest of you are going to stay here with Sarah and Fergus. We'll all gather back soon. In the choice, many special events have taken place, including weddings, baptisms and funerals. Katrina Hogg remembers that Sunday School met here and Ken Fisher remembers Sunday School parties, prize givings and Bible exams. Sheila McKenzie remembers that jumble sales, badminton and tennis all took place here in the choice. Christmas lunch, Easter breakfast and the big breakfast were all eaten here. We are now going to show you a short film on weddings in the church.
Let us listen for the word of God. First, from some extracts from a letter to the Hebrews. Faith gives substance to our hopes and gives insight to realities which we do not see. It was for their faith that the people of old won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God's command so that the visible came forth from the invisible. By faith, Abraham obeyed the call to leave his home for a land which he was to receive as a possession. He went away without knowing where he was to go. By faith, he settled as an alien in the land which had been promised to him living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him to the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city with firm foundations, whose architect and builder is God. The world was not worthy of them. They were refugees in deserts and on the mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Therefore, with this great cloud of witnesses around us, we too must throw off every encumbrance and the sin that all too readily restricts us and run with resolution the race which lies ahead of us, our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then some words from the gospel as told by Matthew. The eleven disciples made their way to Galilee, to a mountain where Jesus had told them to meet him. When they saw him, they knelt in worship, though some were doubtful. Jesus came near to them. Full authority in heaven and on earth has been committed to me. Go therefore to all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to observe all that I have commanded of you. I will be with you always to the end of time.
after what we've already heard. Um, I kind of feel like, how do you follow that? So I get to do the slightly serious bit. Whenever we read the scriptures, we discover there are stories of people setting out on journeys, leaving behind what is safe and familiar to go wherever they feel that God is leading or sending them. And many such stories are recorded by the letter to Hebrews in this great catalogue of people of faith, from which we heard but a tiny extract this morning. It has to be said, it is mostly famous men in the story of Israel, but at least by implication, there are some ordinary people, women and men, who trusted in God as best they could, who lived out their faith amidst the everyday challenges of life. Whether it was the grand narrative of the Exodus, the exciting tales of daring do by boys who would become kings, or the stories of widows who baked bread for itinerant prophets, we discover words that resonate, inspire us and challenge us in our own continuing lives. And then comes the twist. Having listed the great heroes of the past and noting that there are countless other unnamed participants in the story, the writer surprises the reader. However great they were, however inspiring their stories, it's not the end product. The story continues with new chapters still to be written And only in company with those who continue the story is what they have already achieved perfected or completed. It's really good and it's really important on a day such as this, which is a real landmark in our journey, to recall with gratitude those who set off from Adelaide Place Baptist Church with the vision and inspiration to found a new church. It is good to remember with thanksgiving the work of mission and ministry that has been undertaken. The mission churches in Partick and Port Dundas and more recently, just before I was born, Indram Chapel. The Bible women who visited some of the poorest of people. The Boys Brigade. The overseas missionaries those who served in the armed forces, the establishment of ELPIS or the Glasgow Rent Deposit Scheme or any of many other numerous and significant achievements along the way. But it's also important to recognise and name our own part in the story because what we have recalled And what we are celebrating is not some wonderful story of some long-ago concluded past. It's the story thus far of something that carries on. And we, here and now, are recording a significant moment that one day, when all of us are long gone, others will look back with admiration and say, wow, They did that. They stepped out of the building for a while. 
because that was the right thing to do. But it doesn't feel like that when you're in the middle of it, does it? The Gospel of Matthew ends with a group of 11 disciples standing on a mountaintop with the resurrected Jesus. After the events that we now refer to as Holy Week and Easter, they are bemused, bothered and bewildered. Catching sight of him, many believe and worship him. But there's that significant little bit that Matthew adds. Some of them doubted. And I think in these words we give an important reality check. You see, these men have not suddenly been transformed into superheroes. They're still the same as they always have been. And while some of them instantly recognise Jesus and say, yep, this is of God, others, quite rightly, are troubled and anxious and not sure. And it seems... That that's okay with Jesus. And he looks at them, his friends, those who had given up their livelihoods as fishermen or tax collectors, those whose families and loved ones lived far away, those who had questioned or denied or argued, those who'd witnessed amazing things those who had experienced paralyzing fear and incomprehensible loss. He looks at them and then he tells them to set off again. The story doesn't end here on this mountain. There is more to be discovered, more to be written. The simple, life-changing words spoken to Abraham to Moses and to countless others through their history is now spoken to these disciples, these followers of Jesus. Go. Go into the whole world and share what I've taught you. Draw others into this vision of faith in action and mark that with baptism. The story can't stop on the mountaintop. There is still work to be done. They have to go down again and get on with it. And so too do we. Of course this is an important story for us. In fact, I think it's a service for us. I think it's a vital service for us. But it's not just an ending. It's part of a continuing story. We pause. We remember. We reflect And then we move on again. We turn from the past to the future. We begin to dream new dreams, to imagine new possibilities, to ask new questions, face new challenges, and discover new wonders. And as we do so, we have two very special and very precious promises to take with us. The writer of the letter to the Hebrews speaks of a great cloud of witnesses and uses a metaphor of a race, maybe a marathon, 
in which the readers now participate. And I think it's a wonderful image. It's one that's familiar to many of us. Anybody who has stood at the side of the road to cheer on marathon runners or fun runners, indeed anybody who has taken part and been cheered on, will have a sense of what is being described. To those who are running strongly, there is a sense of exhilaration and people applauding you. And to those who are struggling and perhaps lagging behind is the word of encouragement. I'm sure any of you who, like me, have stood and watched a live marathon go past have waited for that last runner and cheered and clapped as they went by. And I think this is what this is describing for us. We can imagine those who travelled the road before us cheering us on, the nine founders, the ministers, the Sunday school teachers, the church officers, the stewards, the managers, those who prayed, those who visited, those who worked, those who questioned, those who doubted. They're all there cheering us on. And as we travel along the road, whether it's up a steep incline, through a muddy puddle, whether it's in blistering heat or pouring rain, whatever the future holds for us, they're there. Just the far side of eternity, willing us on. Mrs. White, Jean Delmore, Lois Rayworth, Althea Blacker, just four of our friends who have recently crossed that barrier and now call us onwards. I find that incredibly encouraging, that they are there cheering us on in whatever we do. But Jesus goes one better. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to stand on the side and cheer you on. He doesn't even say, I'm going to stand at the end with my arms open wide to embrace you when you get there. His promise is still more amazing. I am with you always. Every single step of the way. In the highs and in the lows. When things are going well and when it's sheer flipping hard work. Always, to the very end of the age. Until the journey is done, the race run, and the longed for, hoped for, dreamed of, recreation of all things becomes reality. As we step out from here, with our individual and shared memories, hopes, and fears, Jesus is among us. Jesus is beside us. Jesus is behind us. Jesus is always with us. And surely that offers us reassurance and encouragement. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. A season characterised by hope. The hope that no matter what happens, God is still God and that the longed for hoped for, anticipated saviour will come to redeem all things. It is the start of the liturgical journey to Christmas, 
a sign of a new beginning. It's a reminder that just like Mary and Joseph, we will leave our home for a season and then and there something new and wonderful will be born for us as we spend our time in a borrowed room. Not quite a stable in a back street, it has to be said, but still a borrowed room. We have a bit of a, a thing here in Hillhead of the what I call the hmm moments, the Holy Spirit moments. And there was one when Paul was playing for us, improvising on O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Because this is almost the end of what I have to say. On this day of endings and beginnings, we have the promise of Emmanuel, that God is with us always. The faith and perseverance of our forebears we remember. This moment to remember and reflect we savour. The promises of God and the hope of the future we receive. Blessed be the one who calls and commissions, encourages and accompanies, now and always. Amen. So I think everyone coped incredibly well with the tours. Well done for negotiating that. And we have another participatory challenge for you all. But before that, we've just got a short video um, a couple of weeks ago. So over the last couple of months, the Sunday School have been doing lots of thinking about what this building means as a church and what's going on here and the steps we're about to take. And as part of that, we spent one Sunday morning talking with Lilius. And we've got just a little short video about that. What age were you when you first came to the church? I was possibly three or four years old. My father came to this church for a long time. He came as a young man and got married. And then when we were all children... He brought us. It's a long time ago. And you've been coming to this church ever since? I have, yes. I've been coming because I got married in the church and then my family came before they got married and left. So we've had a long, long association with Hillhead. When we were in the sanctuary, it was beautiful. We used to sit right in the second back row at the right-hand side. And we could see all the other families that were there. The Cassie family up in the gallery and the Wharton family were behind us. So we sort of knew where everybody was sitting in the sanctuary of the church. The day that um, the memorial plaque at the front of the church was unveiled or dedicated, my mother did that. So I can remember standing just sort of almost to the entrance to the hall, as we called it then, not the choice, <clears throat> and she, I thought it was very brave of her, you know, she did the ceremony of dedicating the plaque at the front of the church to all those who had lost their lives. Hillhead has always been a very friendly church, and I think that has never changed. 
just with all the generations coming and the people. And people come back now who used to be associated with the church and they got married, lived away, and they come any time they're in Glasgow, they come back to Hillhead because it's almost like the mother church. And it's, it's lovely when they do that. And, you know, they don't seem to forget their association here. It's really lovely. So over the past couple of week, uh, months, some of the younger members of the church have been building our own replica church. It's down here. It's made of cardboard. It's been painted. Uh, it's the church and the trice. And it's all covered at the moment in lots of black and white photos, um, some from a long time ago, some from more recently. The, there's a photo of the work party that did a lot of the clearing work um, just a couple of weeks ago, but it also has some photos from long, long time ago. On the front of the church, um, on the doors, we've got photos of the five men who were the founders and as often happens in history, there were not photos taken of the women who were part of those founding. So we've added their names onto the front. So the men and women who started the church. But what we need to do is we need to bring this to life because next week we'll still be a church. We might not be in this building, but we're still a church. And we want your help in bringing this to life. So... We've got some little photographs that are going to be handed out. I've got one here of Esther, who's one of our youngest members. This is you, Esther. I've got your photograph. The Sunday school will hand these out soon. And there's a very tricky bit to be done of pulling a little bit off the back. But if you find that difficult, some of the younger people will help you with it. And when everyone's got one of these, when you've done that, then you'll be invited to come up the front and I think I'll stick, I'm going to stick Esther right here, right at the front there. So we'd like to cover this building with some coloured photographs of our current congregation and we've also included within that some dear friends who we've lost very recently. So we want to cover this cardboard church with the faces of the people who will be moving forward. So Paul, I'm sorry, I haven't asked you in advance. If you could play some music while the Sunday school hand out the photographs.
You've probably realised by now that we invented Messy Church long before it became branded. We can do anything in an organised, chaotic way and find meaning. And it's wonderful. It's one of my great joys in this church is the way that everybody just throws themselves in to whatever they're asked to do. When you came in, you should have found on your chair a mug with a card and, in the majority of cases, a pen. It's possible if you're upstairs, we might be a little bit short. What I would like to invite you to do in just a couple of minutes uh, now is to record in picture form, in word form, in symbol form, whatever is right for you, something that you remember about this place and then a hope or a dream or a good wish as we go forward. And after the prayers, along with the offertory, these will be collected up. So just literally a minute or two, one or two special memories and a hope or a dream that you would like to to record. So as the last few of those are recorded, please carry on. Don't feel you have to stop. Um, I'm going to lead us in our prayers for others and for each other. Before I do that, just to say at the end of the service, please take your mugs or cups with you. This is your free gift. You can even keep the pens today. Normally I demand my pens back, but you can take them with you, the mugs and the pens when we go. But we come now to God in prayer. Let's pray. God of all times and all places, we come to you as we do week by week with our prayers for others and for each other. We come to you with a sense that this is, in some senses, a hugely significant moment. And yet in others, it's just another Sunday. We come to you having looked back in grateful remembrance and forward in hopeful anticipation. And now we centre ourselves in this moment, in the here and now of a disordered and troubled world in which your love and the hope of Christ are sorely needed. We look back and recall how this church has always had a pioneering spirit, moving from the centre to the edges, both literal and metaphorical, planting new congregations, sending missionaries overseas, and serving the poorest and most marginalised people on our doorstep. And so today, as we give thanks... We also call to mind in our prayers some of the organisations and charities we have supported, influenced and served, asking your blessing on those who continue their work. The Baptist Union of Scotland and the Baptist Union of Great Britain, BMS World Mission, the Leprosy Mission, 
and the United Mission to Nepal. Glasgow City Mission and Operation Agri. Glasgow Rent Deposit Scheme, Survivors Poetry Scotland and Elpis. Glasgow West Housing Association and Glasgow West Conservation. GRF Christian Radio, Glasgow West End Festival, West End Acts, and many, many more. We pray for new energy and a renewed sense of purpose as we continue to play our role in providing a distinctive Christian witness in this part of the city. Help us to hold fast to our values aspiring to be a community that is worshipping, inclusive, missional, prophetic and sacrificial. Give us the courage to name and to speak out against injustice and the determination to work for change. Show us the timeless truths that we must cherish, passing them on to a new generation and the time-bound practices that we must relinquish if we are to move forward. Inspire us with exciting ideas and daring dreams of what might yet, we might yet become as your spirit works within us. Amidst the recalling and recording, celebrating and dreaming, we pause aware that this is a community of real people facing real challenges in their everyday lives. We pray for those who grieve the loss of loved ones, remembering especially Glenda and her wider family following the death of Gwyneth, Paul, Helena and the family following the death of Helena's dad. We pray for those who carry a burden of care for those who are ill, infirm or aged, especially those whose loved ones are far away. And today, especially, we think of Jeff and his family. We pray for those whose daily work is arduous, stressful or unrewarding. And also for those who are energised and fulfilled in their chosen careers. And in a moment of stillness and quiet... We name in our hearts those precious to us in whatever circumstance that your love will surround them and your peace fill their hearts. Lastly, we cannot pray for ourselves and ignore the world around us. So many complex situations... So many bewildering and confusing news reports. So many places and people hurt and hurting. All longing for peace and safety and love. Words fail us. We fear that to name one is to overlook another. To pray for one infers a preference that we do not intend. To focus on this is to suggest that that is less important. 
And so we pause, quietly calling to mind the situations that have moved us, asking for your wisdom, grace, mercy and love to transform fear, hate and anger to love, joy and peace. God of all times and of all places, accept these prayers which we offer in the name of Jesus. Amen. offer these gifts of money. We offer our memories. We offer our hopes and dreams, knowing that you accept them all with delight. 
and we ask your wisdom in how we bring those dreams to reality and how we spend the money in your service. Amen. The choir have just sung for us and so we rise to leave this shell of worship and our service is almost at an end. We have one more significant symbolic act to do. We have one more hymn and then we will start moving on. So what's going to happen is I've invited some of our um, longest served members some of them are more mature in years than others, to come forward and pack up the table for us. Then we will sing a hymn. Then we will have a blessing. And after that blessing, Leo and Bethany, as two of our young adults, will come forward, pick up the travelling case and lead us outside through the doors where we will gather for one last prayer before we go on up for lunch. So after the last hymn, if you can get your coats and bags quickly, that will be good. And I won't even mind if you do that during the blessing. I'll not look. But we would need to be ready to go at that point. So this is a very final symbolic. We pack up, we sing one last hymn, we move outside, we close the doors, a last prayer, and we walk on to begin the next stage of our story because the story goes on so those who are coming to help me pack the table you know who you are Uh, would you just like to come forward and do that now
So when you leave, please do make sure you have everything with you because the door will be closed. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace now and always. Amen.
in our time of transition, we give you our trust for all that we dare to imagine for our return to this place. We give you our hope. In faith, we commend ourselves to your safekeeping and our lives in your service. Journey with us, faithful God, and in your time, bring us safely home. Amen. Amen.